0: G'day, it's James Baldwin here, welcoming you to another episode of Oz F One, Australia's Premier Formula One podcast. We are three Australian blokes based out of Melbourne. We bloody love Formula One, we bloody love Daniel Ricardo, and we bloody love that you have joined us. And as always, for all of Oz F1, I am joined by my friends and yours, the two Thomases. We'll start with the returning champion from South America. Tommy T, welcome to you. Good to be back. Hello, mate. It's, uh, it's nice to have a double header. So you're back so quickly in the studio, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And be a very big good day to you, my friend. How are we, boys? You're we good. are doing very well. Hey, what a bloody race! Hey,
1: about time. This Austria. This is why we love F1, right? Yeah, isn't it? These are the races that just get you geared up for. The whole season, and you talk about it for the next 12 months.
0: It's so funny coming out of France where we were all a bit like, uh, F1 has just kind of lost it a bit, and it's just kind of becoming a little bit boring. And now suddenly, the last couple of laps in that race just absolutely did it to us.
1: Maximus Verstappen, what a superstar. All right, settle down.
0: Okay. You know who else was a superstar? Lando Norris. What do you think,
1: Campy. No, I'm still off him. No, I muted you so I did not get an opportunity to say that. No, I'm still off him.
0: Uh, you're just not, no, you're, you're not right. Uh, hey, really, really good. Let's do what we normally do, boys, and, and go through from sort of team by team. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about as we go through it. Stuff that happened in qualifying, all that sort of other good stuff. If you're new to Oz F1, thanks for listening. We've uh, we love that you have joined us. Uh, if you don't know how this works, what we do is uh, we recap the the previous weekend's race, and uh, we sort of fill your work week uh, thinking about the really important things of Formula One, and the not less important really. things of
1: work. Forty five minutes.
0: Okay, uh, for those of you who have real jobs, clearly I don't. And I only work forty five minutes a week, so that's uh, <laughs> that's good for me. Well done. Uh, but we're going to recap all the through the teams. Uh, we're not going to give you all of the details of the race. If you want that, the best place to do that is to go and recap on YouTube. But you're certainly going to get a lot of banter and Australian perspective on everything through here. So if you don't haven't subscribed, rather, please do so. Hit that subscribe button now and uh, leave us a comment. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter as well. But, boys, let's get into it. I want to start um, in qualifying. I think practice was interesting, but let's talk about qualifying. I want to jump straight in with Kivyat in Q1 coming around that last corner and almost wiping himself out on a Williams. What do you think, Tommy? Just ridiculous. I mean, apparently, according to him, they
2: were the ones complaining before the weekend that they were annoyed at all the bunching up and all this kind of stuff and... All this traffic for qualifying, and they were the ones that ended up being in the way.
1: Why would they complain when they can't qualify anyway?
2: This is what's been holding the back campy. You're unaware they just can't qualify because of the Have traffic. You not been
1: paying attention, campy. <laughs> this is the issue. It wasn't otherwise a top of top management
0: issues. Easy, Totium. easy top.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over it.
0: So. Interesting, though, I mean, it's sad, I think, because I, th- I really think Kibiat had a good opportunity of, of oh, getting was, him up there. He
1: was he was half a tenth up on yeah. fifteen. He would have been in Q2 and had a really good qualifying, so that was a shame. But it is the smallest track, the fastest time of the year, yep. and it does bunch up, and historically, here in Monaco, Austria and Monaco, sorry, have is been... it just,
2: mirror? is this getting worse this year? Like, I think we're seeing it a lot, the bunching up. In qualifying. Oh, it's, absolutely. Everyone's trying to get that little bit more space and it's just getting ridiculous.
1: But the reason they're bunching up like they haven't before is because of the tyres. Because they need to put mm. so much preparation, preparing the tyres, getting the right amount of heat in there so that they can get their optimum temperatures for their hot mm. lap. That's why they need to do it. So, you know, tyres is another thing that we can probably talk about and shit on for hours about, but <laughs> Go we, on. we don't need to.
0: <laughs> and Look, I think Pirelli are very aware of what's going on. I know that they want to fix a lot of these issues, but I was interesting listening to an interview um, Christian Horner was doing with Sky F1 talking about the compounds, and he was saying, you know, Pirelli want to make these changes to, to be better for the sport, but it, you have to have all of the teams on board to do that. And the teams are self interested, and they're not going to all jump on board. What something rather that is going to make it better entertainment because they want to win. That's what they're out there. And what I'm hearing is the front the front teams are the tires are
2: more set up for their style of car, and it's everyone else that's kind of struggling with the tires. So why would a Mercedes go? Yeah, let's change the tires from us winning. They're not going to do that. They're really happy with how the tires
0: are working for them most of the races. I was just Austria is fun. But it's too short. It's very fast. There's two like blue flags on lap three, almost with yeah. <laughs>
1: with if Kubica you get lapped twice, back. you're out. You have to go sit down. <laughs> no, not not when we see a different team winning.
0: No, sorry, no. Absolutely, I just think it's just like I don't know. It's just it's sad to see so many cars being lapped, except for when your whipping boy was lapped at the very end by the guy who started. He was he was behind him on like the second quarter. Anyway, we'll come to whipping boy McGee in a little bit. But let's talk about the team that he's going to go back to a little bit first. Um, I don't even
1: think he's going to go back there.
0: Um, let's. Well, Red Bull are dropping drivers like it's hot at the moment. You saw an F three, uh, the driver they got dropped out without really any um, any fanfare at all. But. We'll talk about that another time, I'm sure, when we started F2 and F3 podcasts in all of our spare time. Or, uh, okay, Albon. Let's talk about Albon uh, very quickly. I think he did a, a great race. Um, he finished ahead of Kvyat in 15th. Uh, it's interesting because looking at the back of the pack this time around, actually was pretty interesting a, a race to watch. There was, there was something happening all the way through the field except for where Lewis Hamilton was and serves him right, really. But everywhere else there was something interesting going on. Albon did a great job against the Haas, both Haas cars in the first couple of laps. He's taking lines which more experienced driver like Kimi was taking. I just think there's real talent for him there as well. I know that we've been talking a lot about, oh, well, Kiviat deserves to go up to Red Bull and, Camper, you've been saying, oh, I'm not really sure he's ready. I'm not really sure he deserves it, but certainly Gasly doesn't deserve that seat. Is Alexander and Albon a outside chance of potentially being promoted to this sort of seat? Because... And let me no. just preface that by saying we've seen Charles Leclerc very early on in his Formula 1 career jump into a senior team and do
1: pretty well. Are Red Bull potentially interested in making the same sort of decision? Not going to happen. Kvyat has been comfortably better than him in qualifying and races for the last five or six races. The first This weekend was an exception. Kvyat took an engine penalty. He started behind. And on a track like this, when you've got the same, I mean, you can pass on it. But when you've got the same motor, the same car, same setup, it's actually quite difficult. Um, as I said, he out-qualified Kvyat, but that's only because his Q1 run, Kvyat's Q1 run was compromised terribly. So I, I don't think he's – he's performing really well, and he's had a great eight races to the start of his career. But I think Kvyat's really – he's he stepped it up. He turns a corner. And I think he, I don't think he deserves the drive at Red Bull, but if they're going to take anyone, they should be taking him. I don't think Albon's got a chance. What do you think, Tommy?
0: Yep. Good. Great input from you. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Uh, <laughs> are you suggesting that I know what I'm talking about, Tommy T?
0: No, yeah. Don't be stupid. He's not definitely doing that. <laughs> if everyone is not aware, Tommy T has just come back from South America, so he's feeling a bit jet-lagged. and um, Jet-lagged. He's, he's not so used to Campy's BS. Um, let's be honest, none of us are anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, Alexander Adderborn will be interesting to see what he does as the inverted commas... Senior driver of the team, if Kvyat steps up, I said at the
1: start of the year he's got the easiest job of all four Red Bull drivers. He's got the least amount of pressure, he's going to get two years to prove himself, and he started perfectly. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing this year and next year, and we'll see what the future eventuates. Probably
0: okay. Let's talk about Williams. Um. I was very, very surprised to see in the first couple of laps that George Russell was having a crack at Grosjean. Good, and he was right on him. Mm-hmm. He was—he wasn't buggering around. It was—it was very good racing. He was putting that car in excellent positions on the track, and putting—it was either Grosjean or Magnussen or both of them at one point, but putting one of the other one under so much pressure to the point where they were defending against the Williams. And I was like, I was so thrilled to see. This back team suddenly fighting it up with the team where in Australia, we thought that they were for sure going to be easy contender for fourth this year in the constructors. And that's obviously not the case anymore, but how good was that? Look, I'm a big George fan. Yeah. Not as big as Lando. Which, and Campy loves Lando. Can he I does. Just, no, he, he, he said to me yesterday, geez, you know who's a better driver than Max Verstappen? And I was like, who, Campy? He's like,
1: oh, Lando Norris. I did not say that, you <laughs> full of shit human being. <laughs> uh, so
0: like, it sounds like something you would say. It does actually sound like something you say, apart from other things that we know you say. Uh, so, but I think consistently we're seeing George getting as much
2: as possible out of that Williams every single week in qualifying. He keeps beating Kibitza every time. Yep. And on race day, yeah, he's not competitive, but he's consistent and he's milking that car for everything
1: it's worth. Well last week in France he went round the outside of Kubitza the second attempt, not the attempt, four, wasn't it? The, um, not the attempt that he hit the not the attempt that he hit the the board the, on the side yeah, or right. the breakboard. The second time he was flat and the kids the kid's got some talent. Yep. We started to see a bit and it's good to see that I don't think it's a reflection on Williams getting better. I think it's no. a reflection on Haas being terrible, but yeah. It was good to see. Hopefully we see a bit more of it in the races to come. And it was the first
0: time that Kubica had started ahead of Russell, not because of performance in qualifying, but because of an issue that meant that uh, Russell had to start from the pit lane. Um, I'm still sad for Robert. He's just now – He's doing it to himself, though. Yeah, like – I mean, what else can you do at this point? Just leave. Let let Latifi come and take the drive, I guess. But Mm. even then, as as Latifi, would you want to? It will be
1: interesting to see what – Management and the tact or the strategy that they've taken with Robert this year. We don't, they might just be compromising him fully so that they continue to test with and him every, every weekend. Yep. And George Russell's getting all of the information and all that. They could be doing that and we don't know about it. That's a good point, actually. And I had not thought about it. And it wouldn't it. surprise me if that's what they're doing. But why would you want to do that if you're Robert? Like, that's a pretty rough
2: kind of thing to do consistently Mate. and just be the scapegoat. Suck it up. Yeah.
1: You're in F1 again. But do you want to yeah, be F1 right. at,
2: at consistently coming twenty? The experiment's either
1: failed or he's playing the role that he the team wants him to and that'll get him a drive next year if that's... We're just speculating. We don't know anything. But. This is the point, Tommy,
0: and I love that you've brought this up again. Is bit, What is the bloody point in doing this? Because if you're if you're Nicholas Latifi and you're an F2 and you're doing well and you're winning races, this is like Hulkenberg for me. If you're champion in mm. F2, and F2 is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. If you think that it's easy and you think like it's go-karts, good luck to you. In fact, I enjoy watching F2. It is as good as, if not better often, than Formula 1 in terms of the racing and the different yeah. grid Ends up, sorry, who ends up on the podium. I think that's really exciting. If you're a champion in that environment and you're doing great things there, okay, yeah, of course you want to get to Formula 1, but really you don't want to get to Formula 1 in a team where you could put your foot down and the car's going to respond. Mm -hmm. You don't want to really be in a team that ruins really your your vibe and, and the buzz that you have about it. I mean, George, if you look at George's first press conference in Melbourne to where he is now... It's kind of like there's been a dementor on his soul a little bit in, in the form of Frank Williams. who's just sort of sucked a little bit out of his passion <laughs> out of him by providing him a not great car, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And to be honest, I don't think he's going to be around because there's that many people like
2: trying to get into F1. There's 10 more drivers waiting to get in.
1: Yeah, we had a no discussion space. last week. Yeah. But do you know what the, the issue... Surely he hasn't got a seat next year. Do you know what the issue is? But he, what I'm saying is if that is the strategy that Williams has taken and it's secured him a drive for next year then maybe it's a good opportunity for QBitsa to follow those If we instructions. that,
2: they're going to lose and all their funding, all their sponsors. No one's going to stick with them if they're at the
0: back again.
1: But do We you... don't know this. We're only speculating. Yeah. We're only having hypothetical conversations. Ooh, what do you mean we don't know, we know. this?
0: We have a premier podcast <laughs> in Australia, Thomas J. Kemp. Thank you very
1: much. Just take a back step there. I to listen to the other Australian F1 podcasts. They're quite good dudes. You're a traitor. Should I give him a shout-out? No, I'm going to mute you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you you guys are very good dudes. We love it. Everyone is all in here uh, except for Campy. Anyway, interesting. Look, I just think Williams is – it's sad, but I said this last week, and Tommy, you weren't here. It's Sauber three, four years ago. Mm. You look at where Kimmy is now in that car. If you had said to me – three years ago when Ericsson was driving it and it was blue and it was dual Sauber, hey, that's going to be up around 6th, 7th. I would have said, you're a liar. Mm. Really? Really, I would have done. Uh, And so two years is a long time. We've got some new regulation changes coming in and hopefully they sort out their uh, their issues. Paddy Lowe apparently has properly stepped away now. I mean, he was already stepped away. I really hope they
2: wait as long as possible to release these regulations so that you can't just get a situation of Mercedes tapping out like they did last time and just diving into this. Good point. Just sacrificing the current season and going, we're going whole hog throwing all of our thousand employees behind this and we're just going to come out from day one and just dominate again.
1: As I said last, but I think the longer they prolong it, shows us more about Liberty Media and how they are not.
2: Maybe. I hope that they're not
1: holding the ball and they're not producing or doing what they told us they were going to do.
0: Yeah. I think they're finding it harder than what they initially thought it was. Like Bernie's little kingdom that they're slowly pulling apart step by step is they're unveiling a, mm. a whole bunch of stuff that they probably didn't know was there, which is very Bernie, but very Bernie attitude of coming out of, you know, that team principle mindset into him taking over the bigger prize.
1: Yeah, it's it's – it's an interesting one to see how much the dominant teams, how much of a say they actually have in the sport and the direction of it. Well, from what we understand, like Ferrari, are the they worst have the power to it. veto. Yeah. They can just, and they can't even have the performance to back it up.
2: But the the ability to dismiss something instantly and just veto it, like it's just what crazy. is this United Nations? No, and just all of a sudden it's just okay. Well, we don't do that then, and nothing They're ever a gets done. Shit,
1: an organization as well, aren't they? If you'd like to fix the world. <laughs>
0: Or indeed, if you're listening from Liberty Media and you want to fix Formula One, thomasjcamp.com.au is the place to go. No, but what I liked about
1: Bernie the way he did it, he ran it like a dictatorship and he said, this is what this organisation and this sport needs. You need someone to say, this is what's happening and this is how it is. Because we're talking about the biggest car manufacturers in the world. I wouldn't even know what the monetary was what sort of economy the size of it is, but it would be in the trillions of dollars huge, a year. Huge, These people think that they have a say, and Bernie is like, look, you've got a say, and but I'm going to manage it. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Liberty's coming in, and they've tried a completely different tack. They want to get everyone else on board. They want to grow and expand the sport, which means cut costing and salary caps for the whole teams and stuff like that. And some of these big teams are not used to this, and I think Liberty's probably coming up with a lot of tension. A lot of compromises yep. to keep the big ones yep. happy. and really struggling. And R- Ross Braun is the man to be running it. You're, yep. actually,
0: you're absolutely right, Campy. Because he's it's been... the first thing right. that Campy's he's been, ever said, right? He's been ever. the head, he's been the head he really of like Ferrari. Sitting down?
1: <laughs> if anyone understands the politics is better... No one... Sorry, get it together, Campy. Get a sentence out. Whenever you're ready... I'm going back to like the first podcast we ever did, where <laughs> I couldn't get a somewhat intelligent sentence out. Tommy. Do not listen to it. But anyway, um, <laughs> download it, but don't listen. Uh, oh, it was disgraceful. <laughs> uh, we were
0: so wrong about everything. That's that's pretty. But what I'm that's, saying is Ross. Bra- yeah, what I'm saying
1: is Ross Braun is the man to
0: actually sort it out.
1: Man to man to make this plan happen.
0: Because do you think that? Ferrari will be more amicable to Ross coming in going, guys, I know what you like. I know what we need to do. But realistically, this is what we're doing. Either you're on board or not because, okay, the sport would, inverted commas, suffer without Ferrari. But also someone has to stand up to them and say, well, you're actually not con- valuating at the moment to the sport because you're not providing us with anything that's worth sort of looking at.
1: Well, historically, Ferrari has been a terrible organisation to deal with at the best of times. What do you mean Historically
0: looks like it's the same now.
1: <laughs> yeah, the new Mr. What's Bonotto, or shall we call him, where's Wally? <laughs> <laughs> where's the management? I still can't his, find his, it. His Where critique, is it? His Where critique is it? of this on-track incident on the weekend was the most biased bullshit that I've ever heard. But it's consistent Ferrari. It's, from, it's the most consistent line that Ferrari takes and everything. Everything should go our way and everyone else is the issue and we're not the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, talking about Ferrari, let's talk quickly about their B team, but often not in a lot of people's minds, with Kimi behind the wheel. Uh, Let's talk about Alfa Romeo. Giovinazzi scored his first point in Formula 1. That is nice for him. He finally had a decent weekend, finishing in 10th. And if you're not aware, your points are 1st to 10th. Everyone below 10th place doesn't get a point for the championship or the constructors' points. But he had a pretty good race. Campy, what are your thoughts on Gio? We didn't see much in the way of him on track. You're not really...
1: I I, I don't know anything about him, and I don't Mm. really follow him. Good on him. Got his first point. Yeah, it's good. Hopefully we see more now. He's getting spanked by Kimi, though. Kimi's performance over the weekend, to be running in fourth, was it fourth in the first five or six laps? His
0: start,
2: Kimi, was
1: incredible. Phenomenal. Incredible. Where's he sitting in the constructors? He'd have 25-odd points here. He'd be best of the rest, would he not?
0: He. But the thing is with Kimi is you you have to think about – Twelve months ago he's in a Ferrari. And now he's sitting in an Alfa Romeo. And he's ninth. And okay, so he came third last year out of the constructors, sorry, out of the drivers' championship. And he, he didn't want to finish third because he couldn't be bothered going to the ceremony, but he's still him up on stage <laughs> with his hands was is so, one of the, my favorite moments from Formula One for 2018. Uh, this is a but I'm just gonna go back to talk about. This is Sauber back when Eriksson is driving a yeah, blue car, and very, you think very big difference. this is not this, this. Why are you guys showing up? And I said, like I remember saying at Singapore three or four years ago, watching these guys. What are you bothered turning up for? and I just hope that Williams turns that corner so in two and three years' time, we can see with new regulations and everything that they're up towards the mid-pack at least, which at the moment there is a front, mid, and rear pack for Formula 1. The front pack consists of Ferrari, sometimes Red Bull and Mercedes, the mid-pack is everyone else, and the rear pack is Robert Kubica. Too harsh? Okay, doesn't matter. Anyway, it's just Williams. It's, It's a bit sad, but Kimi is an absolute legend, and he's going around with Lando Norris, with my favourite set of the race. He's going around with Lando Norris, driving around in competition with him. And Kimi, when, when Kimi first went on to the Bull Ring, which it was called something else back in the day, A1 ring. Land, the A1 ring, that's right, Lando was a year old. <laughs>
1: Quality. Yes. It a like, it's a great, great start.
0: But it's a great. Isn't it a great sport that that yes. is still a thing? Like we've got someone so young and someone so experienced, and still both of them doing and great. Kim things Kimmy's still us. giving him. You're still a boy. I will show you how this is
2: done, and just kind of squeezed him out for a lap. Like so good, so early. Just didn't give him any room, and Lando probably yielded a little bit too much and should have stuck in, but. Kimmy's.
0: But do you Kimmy know, know what though? He's doing? Kimmy gives space like he's an absolute he does. gentleman mm-hmm. when it comes to driving, don't you think Campy like just in terms of where he puts the car like if he knows he's getting taken, he's not going to be a dickhead about nah. it, he gets out of the way, opens the door and goes, alright oh, mate
1: He's the most consistent performing driver I think we've seen Yep The we've difference between his bad days and his good days is there's not a lot, he's never mm. the quickest over one lap, he's never the quickest over race distance but he's consistently there and close enough to that top echelon to, be, to have the consistency to perform like he's doing this year, and good on him. You're and again, right. we've said it, we say it every time, these tracks, these cars are so track-specific. Yep, yeah. And this is the sort of track that suits that saber. Yep, yep, you're absolutely oh, his right. His start, though, was just
2: incredible. The way oh, yeah. line he picked, and he, he went up two, three positions instantly yeah. and just capitalised on Max and stuffing up and just took his opportunity. Really, he did really well.
0: good. Yep. He finished in ninth ahead of Giovinazzi, so which two double points, which is incredible for, for Alpha and a really really great result for them. Hey, let's talk now about Racing Point very quickly. I didn't see much of Racing Point over this weekend, boys. Your thoughts? I think they just were annoying. Renaults. that was their job, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. they fi- they yeah. finished in eleventh and fourteenth. That was Sergio Perez. No, in 11th. Pretty comparable. Yeah. Ten, I, th-
2: I felt like they were just defending the other one, and that was it. There wasn't much going on back there.
0: Yellow and pink together not a great color. No does it doesn't look good does be it, fair. You mm. think it back
1: to this team 3 years ago when they were fourth India. They had a they had a great midfield team. Like they were almost best of the rest and we know they had some monetary issues. I think we're seeing the lack of money and the development in that car for the last 18 months. But I fully expect them to get better and better in the next few years, and they'll get back to where they were because they're a pretty well-functioning team. I that think this just like isn't, a, isn't a track that's going to suit them, unfortunately. Yeah, but they've been off the pace for a... I mean, Stroll got some points in Canada, but that was... I think that was the third race he might have got points in for the year, but mm. he's... Yeah, again, I, they're not getting that much TV time because they're not really exciting. No, you're right. That's and that's the issue is that they're not Stroll really exciting. Stroll cannot get out of Q3. No, still not. But <laughs> he's... He's getting there. I mean, he's not a bad driver. He kept Ricardo yeah. behind him for a long time. Mm-hmm.
0: But he's also got a car that's willing to do that, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not yeah. It's not all but, to do with the skill. It's the fact that the Mercedes engine in the back of that thing is better than the Renault engine yeah. in the back of Danny Rick's yep. car. Okay, let's talk about Renault. They didn't really – I've got limited notes here about the, the boys. The only note that I've got is in qualifying and why – Danny Rick didn't get up and even Nico get up it's because Kevin Magnusson is an idiot is a useless Scandinavian dickhead who bloody crashed out onto the gravel rejoins the track unsafely talk about wanting to bloody penalize someone FIA if you whenever you're bloody ready and impedes a McLaren and both of the Renaults on their flying laps Ricardo was on form to get into Q1 Sorry, sorry. I, go all the way. To the q three. I
1: don't actually think I was. I, thought, I don't think. Shut either up! He, Just me on.
0: No, I, I don't think hang either he or Mute him. Hulk, hang, hang on you. a second. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> nice to talk yeah. with you.
1: Um, let's have a conversation. We'll, the, you can rejoin the, uh, owner. The, But the issue is the first is, sector for both Hulkenberg and Ricardo when that happened, they were both yellow, which means they weren't personal best, and they had and they hadn't improved on their previous best time for it. So, but if
0: you look at where he was going, and even Martin Brundle was saying this. I agree. Renault's Ricardo, Ricardo looks like he's on form here to get through to the next queue, and dickhead
1: yeah, because, goes, if you're going to go uh, off.
0: Please stay off and stop repeating It's gravel, and then he's like, oh yeah, I got fifth, and that's nice, and then he gets bloody a, a grid penalty, and then he's not even anywhere near the bloody front anyway. I mean, what, are you, what is the Useless. bloody point?
1: Renault was... Insane all that. Renault was pretty off the pace. It's true all weekend. I'm just yep. trying to
0: find I'm reasons to, for my man. You know, I'm just. But like he came out. He, at, he least
1: he, at least he beat Hulkenberg on track. On he got him lap. in the last lap, mm. which I didn't is think good. He was get it. Well, when the when the commentators were talking about why did he go so long in his first stint, 41 laps on the yellow and losing time, it's because he couldn't get past Stroll. And if he could manage that, pits, his pit stop to come back behind Stroll with much fresher rubber. With that 30 laps to go, he had a decent chance of jumping Stroll, Hulkenberg, and Perez. He didn't get Perez, but he wasn't that far behind him. So mm. it was a good strategy from Renault. Um, but yeah, their pace wasn't as good as McLaren. And McLaren might be the best. They, they are the best fourth. They're the fourth best team at the moment. And with a Renault engine and McLaren outperforming that factory team. Yeah. Renault in danger. Yeah. They're not in danger, but it it's just sounded like. Decided. No, but
0: I think they are because I think if you look at. I didn't want to talk about this till a little bit later on, but you look at Alonso last year hating on Honda. Sorry, the year before last. Hating on Honda. Then hating on Renault. Mr. Poison Chalice, like, honestly. And then he, he buggered it in Indy this year as well. Like, sorry, mate. He, losing followers. He did in-
1: not bugger it in Indy. McLaren uh, buggered it in Indy. How dare you? How dare you? Talk about Lando's team like exactly. that. Exactly. Mate, McLaren, <laughs> they rocked up to a track and they
0: didn't have a steering wheel organised. Triggered. Um, is that like going into the pits and not having any tyres organised? <laughs>
1: I'm about to rage. You guys are ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> it proves my point. You're all dickheads, and <laughs> do you prove yourselves otherwise? You're still in the bin for me.
0: You are. <laughs> you are so easily triggered. Do you want to fix up your microphone there, mate? you just. What is going on? Just oh, it's,
1: tight- all, it's all over the place. I'm just, sorry.
0: Just tighten yourself up. There you go. I will. You're a mess. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to do that. All right. So, uh, hey, let's. Tommy, while, uh, while Campy is doing that little thing, let's talk about uh, Haas and your what favorite, the hell unfavorite are they team. Doing? Because K-Mag obviously was useless at, in uh, in Q2, going through the Q3, blocking the Renaults oh. and a McLaren. But I've also got written here, Grosjean, useless. Like there's no- Both useless. Like, there's nothing really exciting for this thing, except for the battle that he had with Russell right at the beginning. For
2: no reason.
1: <laughs> Just go away. I'd- K-Mag did qualify fifth, though. And then did what with it? Well, Ended uh, up 19th. But the car's a heap of shit, and we've yeah. known that all year but they're really quick on every racetrack over one lap. Yeah. But the car the- and the development, and there's fundamentally something going wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, I said
0: this last week, though. About the
1: design. It's not all yep. in one house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yep. over about three different locations around the world, and it's not gelling. It's worked up until now. Yeah. But this season, we've really seen that they're falling off on the development side of it quite mm-hmm. a bit. I think you're right.
0: And I said last week as well that K-Mag...
1: For K- for him, he's still put on fifth.
0: No, I'm saying K-Mag is a decent driver when he's on point. He's not always a tier A driver, though. No, but he has a moment here he and there. Yep. But you got in the way of my boy getting into Q3. Off so you. I'm off you completely.
1: In the bin. That's why I'm, that's why I'm still off Norris. No, nah, he's been forgiven. No, he has not.
0: That's fine. He's redeemed himself. In Monaco. He's redeemed himself for two out of three, and that is motion passed as far as we are concerned yeah. here at f one Dictatorship. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's talk about uh, McLaren then. Uh, I was Let's talk about Norris. Good. Can, what a bloody good drive from him. Really good. Can I also talk about
1: how... Science's drive was better from the back of the chair? Shut
2: Jeep. up. Yes, Not yet.
0: Yes, <gasps> but shut bloody up. Bloody hell.
1: Can I just <laughs> talk I don't about... I <laughs> Still <laughs> off him. Oh, oh really? Gigan.
0: Can I just say... I just, I just want to talk about how penalties are put oh onto gosh. the grid when you start. Okay, so if you're Lewis Hamilton, you qualified. We'll get to that. And he, he qualified. What was he qualified third, didn't he? Second, and he, and he was given a three, place grid penalty, and he ended up in fourth. Huh? Now I'm not good at maths, which is why I'm, everything is falling around around me. But <laughs> how does that work? Um. Oh, sorry. Uh, Kevin Magnussen has got a five place good penalty, so we must put him first, and then we'll put the other Come on, FIA, can you sort
2: your lives logic? If you have, if you have a three place penalty, you should be three numbers behind where you were. I don't I matter how agree. that shuffles. Yep, I completely agree. What is this?
0: Absolutely stupid,
2: stupid backwards organisation. The FIA. <laughs> Did you see Lando Norris post on what? Instagram? He was like, he posted uh, sixth, fifth, fourth.
1: No, fifth again. <laughs> Ah, where Um, am
0: I? Where am I? (laughs) Send help.
1: Boys, think about this rationally. They apply the penalties from the top of the grid down. So Hamilton is the first of those drivers to get the penalty. Therefore, he goes back to fifth and K-Mag moves up. Because K-Mag got his penalty, he was then in fourth and he drops back to ninth or tenth or wherever he started. They go that way down. It's not from the back upwards.
0: But technically, K-Mag got his penalty before...
1: He Health got his before did. because
2: it was a a non-driving kind of one. It was a gearbox change. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, it's just uh, stupid. You,
2: right. you get a three <laughs> you get a three <laughs> place penalty so and you move right. down
0: two. That's for, stupid. For everyone who missed that, Campy said you might be right.
1: Gonna say that again? No, it tastes like vinegar <laughs> <laughs> coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you are on fire. It's cool no, we don't so take no. ourselves too seriously around here, is it? We don't it take you seriously. Had that's had for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that's, it That's life in general <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> All right, okay. So, look, Sainz had a phenomenal yes, drive Sines, as well. You're bloody really, right, really good. You're bloody right, which is yeah. unusual for you. Driver of the day for me. Did you vote? Even though... No, never. How is
2: I Max won. not your driver of the day? No, I'm joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'll get to it. He's my <laughs> love boy. He's my love boy. But for Sainz to get back day. into the points from where he was was incredible. Oh, he drove really well. So good. Great good. racecraft. Very, really good very. Racecraft. The, M- the McLaren, though, is looking really solid on uh-huh. track at the moment, hey? They figured something yeah. out. Yeah, like it's so good. Which is really so disappointing bizarre. to see a Renault engine corner. do so well. But also, though, I mean, like there is more. There's more experience in Formula One in McLaren. And if you go to McLaren, like I don't know if you guys follow. You probably follow Lando on Insta or nope. signs. Um, do you know what Instagram is, Tommy? Search it one day, Tommy. I mean, <laughs> bloody campy. You both called Thomas, and it's really inconvenient sometimes. My brain. You did, should change your name too. To idiot. Okay, so <laughs> Tommy an idiot, and Mister Incorrect. But anyway, you look at
1: going. She called Queef. In- <laughs> <laughs> that, that shit haircut? <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Let's get back on track. Hey, I, paid
0: re- I paid real money for this. <laughs> um, what was, I was saying though, you look at the heritage with McLaren, and you you've got all of the imagery of going into that headquarters. It's mm. beautiful. Oh. Renault's probably just whatever. Like, it's just walking down that. Before?
2: What do they call it? The boulevard or oh. whatever. It's and all the historical oh, cars in there. Just, just settled. It's a great building. But yeah. it's like
0: at the end when Nikki Lauda's Ferrari was oh. there. That thing is. Bloody gorgeous. Like yeah. that car is just starting to look at. Anyway, we miss you, Nikki. Really sad moment again, just um thinking yeah, about
1: that. McLaren is clearly we clearly got- miss Charlie too.
0: Absolutely. Well he sorted all of this nonsense out, didn't he? Most of the issues that are going on at the moment with the FIA are to do with the director. Yeah. Um maybe he was also the T V director in China too.
1: Hmm. Oh, he's incompetent.
0: So McLaren doing really well. McLaren Renault. are pulling away from yeah. Renault. And the constructors, and, actually. I reckon they're going to get fourth this year. If they they're sitting pretty this, comfortable now. Yep, on this way. Do um, you know who's not helping anyone get into second? That's Pierre Gasly.
1: All right, go on, Cappy. Oh, Kathy. my gosh. He's done. He's So how do you get... If you look at that race, five laps in, end of lap one, next to each other, Verstappen and Gasly next to each other. Yeah, for Verstappen on his race pace to go and overlap him, and (laughs) eventually go on and take on the win, which was a great win. But Gasly is rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Make the move before the mid-season. Make the move before the mid-season break. I would, I would love to see when we rock up to Silverstone, Pierre Gasly gone, and not even get a drive in F one for the rest of the season.
0: But how embarrassing to be at that point. Mate, if, I mean, if you're Helmut Marco, what are you thinking right now?
1: Get rid of him? Yep. Don't be nice to him.
0: What for? You haven't proved yourself. They'd be as ruthless to anyone else. Yep.
1: Mate, they did it with Kiviat. Yep. And did Vladimir you? Putin may have been breathing down his neck and that didn't deter him, so... Wow. <laughs> Who's the French Prime Minister? Macron. <laughs> he ain't going to do anything for Gasly, so <laughs> I would sack him straight away. That's a really bad comparison, but...
2: The best thing Gasly did was hold up... Leclerc a little bit on those last couple of laps. So that it was literally the only thing he did. He didn't did. hold him
0: up. He eh, caused a little bit of trouble. He, honestly, I think you're right, Campy. If if he really wanted to prove his medal, he would have meddled with Leclerc <laughs> a hell of a lot more. Even if he got a penalty, who cares when you're that far down the grid and you've yeah. been overtaken and then, and by And then
2: mate. they'd be very happy with him and they'd keep yeah,
0: him on. He's, he's shit-ass.
1: <laughs> Get rid of
0: him. Uh, we won't talk about your boy just yet. Let's oh, just, let's
1: talk about. No, we'll right, save him. Later. Later. We'll, we'll save him live. for right.
0: last. Okay, let's talk about Mercedes very quickly. Um, Bottas did well to finish in third. I think there was a lot of other stuff going around him, and the two twenty-one-year-olds fought it out to the end, and he was the old boy sitting very sweaty towards the very end. Yeah. He's told me just yeah. very out sweaty. Yeah. Just the, the others really look sweaty fine boy. And ready to go again, and he's just like drenched. <sighs> <laughs> And it was hot, clearly. Like, it was just like they worked so bloody hard in those cars. I think people forget just how much of a full body mental workout that that thing is. Yep. Um, But I cars do not like being behind other cars, do they?
2: They don't like the heat. They mm-hmm. don't like being behind other cars, mm-hmm. and they apparently can't deal with altitude. It seems this race is a bit higher up than most, and apparently there's something that I was looking into before that the Mercedes just don't like working with the altitude, and that yeah, was well, it on the sense
1: too. Because Brazil's quite a... I was at Brazil or Mexico, which is quite A, a high up, uh, I think it's Brazil. I'll mm. go with Brazil because I know everything. But <laughs> that's true. We've heard that about. this track. This track. This <laughs> track agree. has made a bit of a bogey track for Mercedes yeah. over the last three years. Um, last year they had both cars engine failure, so yep. mechanicals. Yep, and that's the last time. The the years before Hamilton the race. won it from Rosberg, mm-hmm. but I actually think Bottas missed a big chance this year because Rosberg won this race the first three years that they did it. Um, the next year, oh sorry, the first two years. The next year was the year that they had the last lap incident and Hamilton won it. But I think Bottas missed a chance because this isn't one of Hamilton's great tracks, and yep. he really missed he showed it. that. But the car, we saw some chink in Mercedes' armour this weekend for sure. The cooling of this car, they ripped absolutely every, as much as as much as the bodywork off the car to try and cool it down. I don't think we're going to see heat like that for the rest of the season. You're right. And it's one race out of 21. Exactly. It's not going to be a big issue.
0: Toto Wolff's face for all of that race was just sort of a look of despair for most of it. He just was not having a good weekend, was he?
1: But that's that's Mercedes. They have that absolute will and determination. They probably had it in the back of their minds that we want to win 21 out of 21 races this year. And yep. it, they might have set that target for themselves and they failed. And that is the representation yeah. of their failure. Not that I do think that was... One of their goals, but they'll be fine. I think this is just an outlier. They're track. are going to win. Yeah, at least. you're right. I couldn't see anyone beating him. I still can't oh, see no. anyone beating him in the next however many races we've got. But
0: if we get to the same race again as 2018 and Lewis Hamilton becomes champion again, how, and he doesn't place because he doesn't have to, whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm <it's> so <laughs> bored. What yeah. a climate. No, but it was a great race, though. We just need to point that out. This Austrian race was oh, very very was sensational Best so far
0: this year. Let us talk then about uh, okay. So Lewis Hamilton very quickly um, he was sort of in no man's land for a lot of this race, yeah. wasn't he? he? was kind of hovering around here, a lot of a lot of air to do some stuff. He kind of got the lap, I think, at one point, but didn't really follow that through to the end. Um,
1: and you know what? What was the line he was taken in too? He was riding or that eight was weird, laps wasn't In it? a row, he went over that big yellow the sausage. Curb. Yeah. yeah. And he damaged his front wing. Yeah. So was, he was doing a lap time. after lap as well. I didn't understand. He might have just been driving that hard, and there was so just, much oversteer it, on yeah. the. Car, there is a
2: line you can take where you can sorry, kind of understeer. You can use the sausage to straighten your car a bit more than yep without the sausage. But he was over the limit every time. He yeah, just was, he couldn't nail it. That was a that's, great that's sentence by the way. Over the sausage. You every can time. use the sausage <laughs> every time.
1: Every time. It's <laughs> a dangerous tactic, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, you not wrong. No, I mean yeah. that for Lewis. That's Yeah. it's yeah, dancing with fire. Yeah. He's a bit off this weekend, but I think it's just Mercedes. I just we saw some chinks in yep. their armour, but yep.
2: and if you're having a bad week and you end up in fifth with ten points, you'll take it, eh? Hey? You bloody will. do we <laughs> read too much into it? I don't, yeah. so. I don't I think I think you're right. Mercedes will be happy walking away with double points
0: and that'll do. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Feza. Ferrari. Um their pit lane and just pit team strategy <laughs> thing is oh. doing my head in. Let's talk about um, yeah. strategy first. They pit Leclerc when they didn't really need to, Tommy.
2: Yeah. I, they were trying to cover off, it seemed, was it Bottas? Mm. Yeah. For for no real reason, I don't think. I, I don't know why you would have thought that if Charles had clean air and he had better conditioned tyres, surely he could go a bit longer and try and get a bit better gap. I just don't
1: think their strategy is anywhere near it didn't make anywhere sense it needs to be. It may have may have cost him the race in the end. It was bizarre. Yeah. Or well, did because Definitely. Just didn't have the
2: grip, so And Max then same did. thing, you had Seb trying to cover off Max for some reason, which didn't make any sense either. And then that was a late call on the radio and they seemed, apparently Ferrari came out and said there was something wrong with the radio, but that
0: could oh, just be them course. fluffing, what so who knows. But Here's my favourite part about that whole thing. Is if you didn't watch it, um, Seb pitted and that's cool and the pit crew were mostly there, except for the people who had the new tyres, uh, which is a bit of an issue when you're pitting It ended tires. up being an eight-second or something, I think, I really. It was ridiculously yeah. long, but the guy who came around huh? with his front left almost got taken out by Bottas, who had just left the box behind him from the Mercedes crew as he swings around with a tyre in his hand. Like,
1: But that probably cost him third position as well.
0: Yeah. This is Ferrari <laughs> he, screwing over he Ferrari. Finished,
1: he finished like a second behind Bottas. In and ultimately theory, that cost him.
2: In theory, Ferrari were trying to impede Bottas somewhat by having the Ferrari come in and stop him from leaving the pit as soon as he would like, but it didn't come across because he ended up with a seven-second himself. Yep.
0: It was stupid. It's really stupid. Sad. Sad for Ferrari. Okay, let's talk about the two people we've got left to talk about, and that is Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. They fought it right to the end and really made this race what it was. Who wants to go first? Lap sixty eight was the best lap by far.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I no, agree. I reckon it was about fifty-two when when we saw Verstappen's pace coming, and I picked it in our group chat. You're weird, go away. No, as soon also as true. I saw no, as soon as I saw Max's pace was a second better than Clurs at the front, I was like, Max is on here, wait for this. He did pick it, that's and true. he's going. James was saying to me, No, no way, it's not gonna happen, mate. He's not gonna be able to pass vettel. That for me was the most exciting. Have you got
0: Campy's
2: medal? Did it arrive yet? For for calling that early,
0: I think (laughs) I actually got lost in the post. Oh damn! Mm. Sorry, man. Oh well, sorry, buddy. But anyway, as I was saying, (laughs) this is (laughs)
2: lap (laughs) sixty-eight.
0: I'm glad you're back, Tommy.
2: (laughs) Lap sixty-eight, where we saw some wheel-to-wheel racing, some defending, yes, some taking, and
0: and it was like on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, oh, that was some incredible racing
2: from both of those drivers. I think. The incident we're going to talk about later could have been avoided if Max had have just shut the door on that first attempt on the same corner. The yep. lap before, yep, he should have shut the door on him. He left; he was a gentleman. He left him room. And
0: Tommy, can you just take us through what the actual incident? Was? I don't know what
2: corner it is, but basically, turn three. Turn three. So Leclerc's given space far too much space, if I'm honest, and Max has come up the inside, and he's got in front of him on lap sixty eight, and then Max has left enough room on the outside for. Leclerc to stay on the track who's then on the straight has much better pace and taking him back which is was an incredible lap to see Max has got frustrated because he was he was pretty much a car length it was probably like front wheel to back wheel kind of distance in front and he really should have just shut the door there but on the following lap is what we're going to talk about where they but were
1: literally wheel to wheel on going, the same turn taking that exit a lot shallower like he did on exactly. the first time compromises out exit speed, you're yep. breaking on uphill and that that turn yep. is you're heading uphill. So the further you go out wide, the less of it. It's like an off-camera uphill yep. slanting down to the left. So the further you drive out to the left, the better run you get. Yep. So when he left him, that car's width. It compromised him, yeah. But he was a bit further back. It wasn't the same as the incident that we're going to talk about. He no. was a bit further back on this one, whereas the second yeah. incident, which I'll walk you through, Leclerc went so wide... So wide. So wide, because he was trying to do the the, the double back and yep. get that really good exit. Yeah. But Max was wise to it, and because he was further in front this time, he had the racing line. Mm-hmm. They ultimately ended up making some contact. They only hit wheels. Mm. Max had got the pass done, and it was Leclerc's fault that they made contact in the first place. I think He, he corrected should've... his line. Max took the line, and Leclerc actually corrected it and for me, that was like, I don't have the corner now. I'm going to have to go wide. I'm off. It was my fault that we made contact. So, hence why the penalty didn't sound came like that on up. the radio. <laughs> no, it certainly didn't, did <laughs> it? But they're Italians. They whinge. I mean, he's a monogamous, but that's fine. <laughs> Same thing.
0: Let's talk about Max. Come on. Give us your diatribe on why you think he
1: was driver of the day. Because he won.
0: Oh, okay, good. Thanks. How was that everyone.
1: start of his? He shat he, the bed. He that shat the, was the a bed on the start. terrible start. Dropped yeah. back to sixth or seventh. Yeah,
2: uh, he was back with Gasly's yeah seventh, sixth, yeah.
1: seventh. Yeah. yeah. So he passed. He passed all the top teams on his second stint. He passed uh, Vettel, Hamilton, Bottas, and Leclerc, and hunted them down with. Pace over the last twenty laps. This race reminded me of like a mid two thousands race for mm, the yeah. yeah,
0: so good. Someone
1: just came from nowhere. They did a tire change, and the pace just came from absolutely nowhere. They just made these massive charges up through the pack. And you look at the names and the cars that Max passed. Oh, unbelievable! And you look at the pace compared to his teammate. He's who he oh, he's a genuine superstar, and I was stoked for him. Yep. I That was the most exciting race we've seen since China last year, and that'll keep me watching F1 for the next 25 races until we see something like it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The anticipation of it, because you can see it building as it's going. Every lap that's getting slower, the gap's getting smaller and smaller, and some of those moves he made were excellent. I think his hardest person to pass was Vettel. Yep. Bottas didn't put up much of a fight. No. Leclerc didn't put up much of a fight. Vettel had the freshest tyres of the rest of them, hence why it was hard. But once he got that done, he was never going to lose it. It was great to see.
0: It was great to see. And also great for Honda to win their first race in 12 years and 10 months, the last one being Jensen Button talking about that old era of mid-thousands coming wow. out of nowhere. JB, what a driver. So I was, love JB.
1: Has Danny Rick made the a bad decision now that we've seen Honda win a race?
2: Do you honestly think that he would be getting preference over... The step and I don't think so. The
1: thing is, no, the, the thing they, they is, picked him
0: because it was it's not just about the the, the car itself, it was about the culture I think of oh, yeah. Red Bull. You needed to get out. So yeah. in terms of the car, yeah, but we knew this last year, even though like yep. Red Bull were always gonna do a better thing with that Honda engine than McLaren did. Yep. And the data they had from Toros last year was always gonna be better. And I think Danny in his heart knew that. He just needed to get out.
1: And yeah, but it's the motors are pretty comparable Output level, power output level mm-hmm. and efficiency. Across all of them, Mercedes is clearly the best and Ferrari, but the rest of them are pretty comparable and there's not much difference. It's the chassis that Renault oh, needs to sort out. Yep. It's the mechanical and aero grip that the teams like Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes get in their designs, which make them that much quicker than everything else. So yep. if Renault can make that step in that chassis department, then we'll see some good racing. Mm. So.
2: What about Leclerc? What do you think about him? I think his attitude was was stunk at the end. I think he he should. I think he lost it. If if I'm really honest, like yes, Max went and took it, but he could have defended far better than he did. Yep. He had three or four laps to go, and he he just left wide open gaps for Max to come through. He complained. Make your car wide and defend.
1: He complained with Brundle afterwards. Yep. And then in the drivers' room before they go on to the podiums. He didn't even... He walked in, got a war and walked out. Yeah. Didn't even speak or look at Max. It was... Shit for him, by I man. mean, he... I don't like Put it.
2: yourself in his shoes. He's looking to get his first win. He's leading for the race. Like, you'd be pissed off. But, in all honesty, he left the door open. Like, mate, race mate,
1: wins don't come in Formula 1. You look at some of the drivers that have never won races. Nico. Why does this guy... Yeah. Yeah. Martin Brunner. Why does this guy think that he just deserves a race win? Exactly. Because, like... Mate, you've got to earn it.
0: Yeah. yeah you should have had
1: it. one in Bahrain and we mm-hmm. felt sorry for you. Yeah, But you should have had it this time too, and you oh, I think
0: Well you stuffed it.
2: But his, he's yeah, his absolutely. nice guy kind of very very nice, very humble kind of image is is going away and he's looking a little kind of bit spoiling, spoiled, hasn't it? Yeah. I just
1: think that Ferrari culture's rubbing off on him a bit. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Well, I've really liked the way he's handled media all year. Yep,
2: up until now, yeah. Yep. But
1: he had a bit of Yeah. Well, even after qualifying, he had a bit of arrogance about him, and I didn't really like it. Well, lads, that
0: is it to recap the Austrian Grand Prix for 2019. And thank you for uh, your time, obviously, this evening. Campy, I think you are probably a bit too Max obsessed, if we're perfectly honest.
1: Just a little. It's fine. Just get more obsessed with Lando. Get him in the dreams.
0: (laughs) Who's saying that I don't? Uh, (laughs) And a big thank you to you for listening and Tommy for indeed coming back to us safe and sound from South America. Hey, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please uh, hit the subscribe button. Obviously, rate when you can, and we only accept five stars, so please do that. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter at ozf one official and on Instagram at ozf one Lads, a big thank you to you. Looking forward to Silverstone. We're going to see some really good power action, I think. Good. And until then, a big farewell to you.